Hi, and welcome to Yokine Baptist Church. This is a sermon recording taken from one of our regular church services. You can find out more about us as well as more recordings like this one on our website, yokinebaptist.church, or by connecting with us on Facebook. Thanks for joining us today. We really hope you're encouraged by this message and that it draws you closer to God. Well, this morning I wanted to ask the question, how healthy is your faith? How healthy is your faith? It's um, pretty common nowadays to see uh, these uh, health check stations at the pharmacies. Um, it's, it's a station that takes measurements from you, like your blood pressure and your heart rate, uh, your BMI, and it compares it to the normal range and lets you know whether you're healthy or not. Now, there's obviously a marketing motivation to do this service at the pharmacy, but I don't think it's a bad idea because, let's face it, it's pretty easy to let our health slide if we don't take notice of it. I've never met a man say to me, you know what, I really want to have high blood pressure and heart problems by the time I'm 50. See, no one says that, but a few too many burgers and fries here, a few days there without any exercise, and over time, even though we don't intend it to happen, our health can slide. And having these sort of checkups can help us uh, wake up and recommit to having good health. In the same way, I think sometimes we can let our faith slide over time. For those of us who have been Christians, we may have started out our faith journey with great enthusiasm. Following Jesus is so exciting. We devoured books and sermons. We shared Jesus with everyone we knew. We committed 110% of our time to serving at church. But days, weeks, months, even years can go by, and we may realize that our spiritual health is not in such a good place. Um, So how do we know our faith is healthy? So far in the book of Joshua, it's been a pretty exciting journey. We've seen in the first 12 chapters that God has led the Israelites into the land that he promised to give to them. And God has been with them every step of the way. He's miraculously parted the Jordan River so that they could enter the land. He's called walls to fall down so that the Israelites could take over the enemy cities. And he's even fought the battles for Israel. Last week we saw that he rained hail down on the enemies and stopped the sun for a full day. See, God has fulfilled his promise to Israel He has given them control over the promised land. But the next section that we're looking at today, from chapters 13 to 19, it's a new section, and these chapters tell us how the promised land has been divided up and shared amongst the 12 tribes of Israel. The the majority of the text is actually just a description of places and borders, Uh, that belong to each of the tribes. Uh, And since most of us are a bit rusty on our ancient geography, 
the, the details can kind of go over our heads a bit. But actually, this section provides us an important perspective because even though Israel had control over the whole land, there were still parts that were inhabited by enemies. And by apportioning out the land to the different tribes, God put each tribe responsible to finish the job and take the inheritance that was theirs, to drive out the remaining inhabitants. So whilst God had fulfilled his promise to Israel, giving them the land, Israel still had to continue to trust God as they went out and claimed their inheritance, a process that would probably take many years. And dispersed amongst these chapters are two important narratives that we're looking at today that teach us what a healthy faith looks like. So this morning, let's look at these two stories in detail and show us how they teach us three things uh, of what a healthy faith looks like. Courage, perseverance, and total commitment. So firstly, the two stories. Let's um, quickly sum up them for you. So the two stories are basically um, in the form of an outrageous request that is made to Joshua about the land inheritance. The first, uh, the first story is from Caleb, who is an 85-year-old man from the tribe of Judah. And his outrageous request is uh, for permission to go up in battle against the Anakites, or these giant people, and claim the land that God had promised to him 45 years ago. All these years, Caleb has held on to that promise and is now, as an 85-year-old man, ready to act, ready to go out in battle. So Caleb models to us what a healthy faith looks like. The second request is a collective request from the two tribes of Joseph, uh, and they're described as being numerous and very powerful. And their outrageous request is, is really a complaint that God didn't give them enough land. That doesn't seem that outrageous um, until you look at the map of what God actually had given them. Uh, it's actually pretty big, and compared to all the other tribes, uh, the, the region is probably about a quarter of the inheritance, and the valley region in their area would have been extremely fertile. Um, so the, the real reason behind their complaint, though, we see in verse 16, is that they're actually too afraid to face the enemies that live there. The Josephites, uh, they model what an unhealthy faith looks like. The two stories here uh, are almost the opposite of each other and is meant to invite us to compare. We're meant to pause and ask ourselves, which of these describes our faith? So let's dive into the details and look at those three characteristics of a healthy faith. The first characteristic is that a healthy faith produces courage. 
A healthy faith produces courage. So both Caleb and the Josephites face the same problem, a strong and powerful enemy. In Caleb's case, it was the Anakites, the giants that lived in fortified cities. In the Josephites' case, it was their superior technology of the Canaanites. They had chariots fitted with iron, and that would give them the upper hand in battle. But although Caleb and the Josephites faced the same problem, Caleb's faith produced courage, whereas the Josephites responded with fear. And the key to Caleb's courage is in verse 12. Verse 12 says, Now give me the hill country that the Lord has promised me that day. You yourself heard that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified, but the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. See, Caleb's faith produced courage. And he recognized that God was with him. And since God was with him, even though his enemies were stronger and better than him, Caleb had the courage to face them. It's like if you're walking alone in the city late at night and you're walking down a dodgy street that makes you feel a bit uncomfortable. But... If you happen to bump into a group of friends and they walk beside you, suddenly you feel a lot safer knowing that someone is with you. Knowing that someone is there brings you courage. And that's the difference between Caleb and the Josephites. Caleb knows that God is with him and God will help him carry out his purposes despite the fierceness of his enemies. Without this confidence in God it would be actually more rational to respond like the Josephites. Because basic common sense says it's a stupid idea to pick a fight with someone who is bigger and better than you. But if the creator of the universe is on your side, fighting the battle with you, as he has shown that he has in the earlier parts of Joshua, it would actually only make sense to respond with courage. So looking at our own lives, I wonder if our faith is characterised more by fear or by courage. There, there may be seemingly impossible challenges in our own lives that lead us towards fear. Maybe we're not a Christian yet and we fear the repercussions in our life if we become one. Maybe we are Christian but we hesitate to share anything to do with God because we fear rejection. Maybe there's a situation we fear that we can't get out of. We fear failure. We feel we fear rejection. We fear that we're not good enough to do it. See, these fears are all normal. We all have these. But do we know that God is with us? That God is present in our lives? and that he is helping us to carry out the good purposes he has for us if we put our trust in him. See, a healthy faith produces courage, knowing that God is with us. The second thing we learn is that a healthy faith produces perseverance. 
Uh, you can see this in the next part in verses 7 to 11, where Caleb gives us a 45-year history of his request. So Caleb says, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. And I brought him back a report according to my convictions. But my fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt in fear. I, however, followed the Lord wholeheartedly. So on that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever, because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Now then, just as the Lord has promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since that time he said this to Moses, while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old. I'm still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out, just as vigorous to go out in battle as I was then. See, back then, Caleb was, had brought a good report, but unfortunately nobody listened to him, and Israel succumbed to fear. Caleb, though, doesn't seem to be bitter towards them. He calls them his fellow Israelites in verse 8. At that time, God promised Caleb that he would have that land, that very land he went out to explore. But Caleb didn't get it straight away. So he took Caleb another 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, watching a generation of his friends die. He took another five years of war and battle as the earlier events of Joshua took place. Forty years in the desert, five years in battle, that's a tough slog. But even after 45 years, Caleb has not given up hope in the promises that God gave him. Instead, it was those very promises that seemed to sustain and encourage Caleb to persevere. So much so that at the age, tender age of 85 years old, he's ready to go out and see God's promises fulfilled and finally enjoy the rest in the land. This is in stark contrast to the Josephites, who were given pretty much the biggest and best part of the land, but they didn't want to persevere and do the hard work of receiving the land God gave them. So instead of getting the job done, they complained to Joshua that their share is not good enough. But Joshua doesn't let them off the hook, does he? And he responds to them in verse uh, 17 and 18. I don't think I put it up there, so I'll just read it out. Um, Joshua said to the tribes of Joseph, You are very numerous and powerful. You will have not only one allotment, but the forested hill country as well. Clear it, and the farthest limits will be yours. Though the, the Canaanites have chariots fitted with iron, and though they are strong, you can drive them out. See, Joshua tells them to keep persevering. Yes, 
there were tough enemies to drive out. Yes, there were forests that needed clearing. Uh, This was a time before global warming, so it's all good. Um, Yes, there were many, many years of hard work to be done. But they would enjoy the rest in the land that God had promised, in the biggest and best part of the land, if they continued to persevere. So do we feel like giving up sometimes? Do we feel like we are always complaining and easily getting bitter? A healthy faith produces perseverance because God's promises are more than worth it. We will go through different stages in life. Sometimes it's full of promise and excitement. Other times it's like we're going through a barren wilderness. Disappointments and failures surround us. But God's promises can sustain us and give us the ability to persevere right to the end. If we, like Caleb, hold on to them and make them our own. So, so far we've seen um, that a healthy faith produces courage and perseverance. And the last thing that we'll look at today is a healthy faith that is characterized by total commitment. And you see this in um, Joshua 14, verse 14. So Hebron had belonged to Caleb, son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite, ever since, because he followed the Lord, the God of Israel, wholeheartedly. This word wholeheartedly is used several times to describe Caleb in the passage. It's in verse 8, 9, and 14. And it refers to Caleb's total commitment to trust God. You see, Caleb has bought into God's plan 100%. He is willing to put his life down on the line 40 years ago in battle and back then, and he's still willing to put his life on the line as an 85-year-old. Nothing in Caleb's life is more important than seeing God's purposes realized. Nothing in his life was worth trusting in more than God. I think these days we're actually kind of scared of that sort of commitment, aren't we? Um, Imagine if I was your financial advisor and I said to you, hey, look, I've got this great idea. Let's sell everything you have and put all your money into one company. It's just going to be really simple that way. Uh, you'd probably report me to the authorities and run away. Uh, See, it it just seems like a silly idea um, to commit everything you have into one thing, especially in in a world that's so uncertain. To throw all your eggs in one basket and to commit to one thing seems like the worst idea ever. But to Caleb, nothing makes more sense than committing 100% of himself to God, to give God every aspect of his life in 100% obedience and to allow God to completely reign over everything. Why is that a good idea? Well, there's two reasons. Firstly, God is eternal and his kingdom stands forever. Everything in our life is temporary and will come and go. Good experiences will come and go. Money comes and goes. 
jobs come and go, governments come and go, people will come and go, including us. See, nothing else stands in eternity except for God and his kingdom. So a good reason to commit 100% to God and give him total control over our life is because nothing else has that kind of value as God's kingdom. Jesus says the exact same thing in, um, in the book of Matthew. It says, The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant who is looking for fine pearls. When he finds one of great value, he went away, sold everything he had, and bought it. So that's the value of God's everlasting kingdom. But secondly, secondly, God shows us that he is actually totally committed to us. Like Joshua and Caleb, there came another, another man many years later who was totally committed to God's plan. This man was willing to put his life on the line and forsake everything he had to fulfill God's purpose. But unlike Joshua and Caleb, God did not fight for him and defend him, but chose to turn his back on him and abandon him and reject him as he died on a cross. You see, this man, Jesus, God's only son, he wholeheartedly committed his life to us, so much so that he died in our place. He took the abandonment that we deserve. We don't deserve God's presence in our lives. We don't deserve his promises. We don't deserve God's inheritance. We only deserve death and punishment. But God is so good and God is so totally committed to us in Jesus that now we share in his inheritance and the promise of eternal rest. So what sort of response is appropriate to such a God? Nothing less than total commitment to him is required. He truly deserves 100% of our lives because he has bought us with his blood. So maybe there's something in our lives that we are holding on to more than God. Maybe there's something we think in our life that we think God doesn't deserve to meddle with this part. God doesn't deserve to touch that part of our identity or sexuality or he shouldn't meddle with our hopes and dreams here. But, and we might think that we might be happier if we used our time and money and energy on building something other than God's kingdom on our own little kingdoms instead of committing everything we have to God. But the reality is that nothing can be more fulfilling or worthwhile than experiencing God's wholehearted love and allowing his grace to transform us and those around us. Nothing compares to, being, to the privilege and joy of being a child in God's kingdom. So this morning, we go back to that question, what does a healthy faith look like? A healthy faith is characterized by courage, perseverance, and total commitment to the God who is with us, to the God who 
whose promises hold true, and to the God who wholeheartedly committed um, his son Jesus to us for eternity. So let's finish this morning and commit our lives to him in prayer. Father, we thank you for your amazing word. We thank you that you are always with us. Help us, Lord, to take the courage uh, and trust that you are helping and guiding us, that you are fighting for us. Lord, thank you that your promises are true. Help us to persevere and serve you with joy. Thank you that although you are the everlasting God and we are your creation, that you are so wholeheartedly devoted to us. Lord, we offer up all of our lives to you. May you use it for your good purposes and your glory. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. And extra thanks to those that have donated to us online. It's your generosity that enables us to continue our ministry to the local community and beyond. It's because of you that our ministry is possible. If you would also like to support us, visit ybc.church give. You can also access our website to find out more about our community by visiting yokinebaptist.church or by connecting with us on Facebook. If you've enjoyed listening to this message, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for listening and God bless.